0: Hey guys, Jane p Writes here and I am here with a preview. I'm going to give you a couple chapter preview of my debut book, When a Good Girl Goes Bad, Berkeley's Tale. I absolutely love to read to people. I get so many comments um, from Instagram and Facebook when I used to do the live readings. And sometimes now they just say, read it, make it a video. You know, I love to hear your voice, blah, 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 blah. You know, you get into the characters and we really like that. So I said, okay, cool. Um, I've done a couple previews before on my facebook page i believe i have one posted on my youtube page but i just wanted to go ahead and do one here for you on the podcast TV Rights podcast now this is live guys so there won't be any editing i won't be doing anything if i mess up a word and you know what i meant <laughs> go right along with it okay so here we go when a good girl goes bad berkeley's pain chapter one berkeley pain uh what time is it I woke up drenched in sweat again after having one of those dreams that I've had ever since a little girl. In the dream, I was lying in bed and a dark figure hovered over me. Just like every time in the dream, the figure slowly approached me with the coldest eyes I had ever seen. It was as if they were soulless. Typically, right before I woke up, the figure snatched me by my neck, squeezing as if trying to squeeze the life out of me. Wiping the sweat from my face, I needed to get a grip. After all, this was a dream and I was living in reality. The sun lit up the entire room, and when I glanced at the clock, I already knew I slept through my alarm. Shit. This was the second time this week. Oh, hey, I'm Berkeley Payne, but my sisters and my bestie call me Bert. I'm 25, about 5'4", with smooth mocha skin, nice teeth, and long, pretty real hair. My sisters always say I'm shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle with hips and ass for days, but I just said, I get it from my mama. I wasn't blessed up top, and I was definitely in the itty-bitty-titty committee, but I was cool with that. I'm what you would consider a good girl from the cold heart city of Baltimore, where you're lucky to make it to see your 18th birthday, let alone your 25th. I came from a pretty good home, though. My mom, Brandy, is what you call a true woman. She raised us on her own and taught us everything about being a woman and how important it is to follow your heart and your dreams. With that being said, my dreams took me from high school to college. I stayed focused in school and steered clear of anything that would distract me from my goals. This included boys, parties, and fun in general. I always had this urge to join in on the fun, but I was so scared to be thrown off my game. I had dreams of being an attorney from before I could remember, and I wasn't about to get distracted. I went to the University of Baltimore and got my bachelor's degree in jurisprudence. This was one of the best days of my life. As of right now, I'm currently in my last year of law school at Howard. I live a pretty simple life, hid always in the book, and little to no drama is possible. All of this changed the day I bumped into the sexiest man I had ever seen. I went to Towson Mall to pick up a tennis bracelet and boots for my best friend Gabby. Her birthday was coming up, and this was the last of the gifts that I had to get. So I'm walking to get on the escalator when Gabby sends me the funniest meme of Joanne the Scammer that had me cracking up and also not paying attention. I ran smack, and smack dead into this man's chest, and I swear it felt like hitting a brick wall. I dropped my bag, but most importantly, I dropped my phone. Based on the sound I heard when it fell, I just knew it was shattered. Damn, yo, for real? The sexy black gobby before me said. That was all I heard as I looked up into the most beautiful brown eyes I had ever seen. It seemed like the world was moving in slow motion around me and I noticed the screwed up look until I noticed the screwed up look on his face. I snapped myself out of this crazy ass trance and began to get up. He reached down to help me out and I smacked his hand away. Oh you mad, huh? his sexy ass said. Nah, I don't know if you wash your hands to be touching them like that, I said, with a smirk on my face. He laughed, giving me a curious look. Oh, you one of them types, huh? With a smart ass mouth. I shook my head and rolled my eyes so hard I thought they were going to pop out the sockets. I started picking myself up off the floor, and that's when I really had a chance to check him out. He had on a pair of black Balenciaga boots, a fresh pair of black Balmain jeans, a Gucci collar shirt, and a black shiny bomber jacket. This nigga looked like money. On his wrist was an iced-out watch, and he wore a simple diamond link necklace around his neck. As I got up to his face, I damn near passed out. He was about 6'3", with smooth, dark chocolate skin, and the straightest white teeth I had ever seen. He was staring down at me with a goofiest smile, which only made him look sexier. He wasn't skinny, but he had a thickness to him that you could tell he worked out. The way my mouth was watering had nothing on the heat that was building in between my legs. I was thinking straight, whole thoughts about this man. His beard was trimmed to perfection, and he wore a low-faded haircut. He reminded me of a thugged-out version of that actor, Kofi Kofi Sirobe oozing hashtag beard game sexiness. I visually traced the tattoos that I could see snaking from his shirt and going up his neck. He was fine as fuck. I was so used to dating squares that I wasn't even sure I could handle something like this. I mean, his skin was glowing and it was smooth like melted, like a melted dark chocolate bar. His beard was so shiny and I felt the urge to reach out and touch it. Shit, I wanted to see if it was coconut oil or whatever sorcery he was using. Once again, I felt like I was in some type of trance, so I quickly shook it off, stood up, and proceeded to walk away. He cal- He called after me saying, damn, that's it? I'm thinking, like, what more do you want, sir? I know his type. Probably had women falling all over him, begging for a shot and a come up. Hell, he probably had a lot of women sexing him on a regular. Ain't no way in the world a man fine as this is is single. Just thinking about that pissing me off. I'm not a team player. Nah, bro, that's not Brooke, I thought. Slow down, little baby. What's your name? Little baby? Little baby? Did this fool just call me little baby? Well, my name isn't little baby. Sighing, I said, Ugh, it's Bert. Bert. Hmm, that's different, I guess. Well, I'm Dallas, and I didn't want to leave without getting your number. What you need my number for? So I can take you out, so we can get to know each other outside of you running into me and knocking down all my shit. I looked him up and down, both annoyed and intrigued. Well, unfortunately, I have a man, so no. Sorry about all of that. Have a good one, I said. He just looked at me smirking. What your man don't let you have friends? Ugh, I hate it when niggas use that line. At this point, his sexiness was overwhelming, but he appeared as cool as a fan. I just wanted to get out of his presence so that I could breathe again. If I kept talking to myself, I was damn sure going to go crazy, so I gave in and gave up the digits with the idea that he wouldn't call and if he did, I wouldn't answer. Little did I know, this man would be persistent and I would fall right into his trap. I guess that's, this brings us back to how I became a bad girl. Meeting Dallas would change my life forever. He would be the major cause of this new me, the good girl that had gone bad. So that was the intro. Um, like I said, Berkeley is just like this around the way girl. She's like that good girl, that nice girl. She hangs with ratchets and she hangs with wild people. She hangs with, you know, all the different types of women. But she is just like this solid ass woman. Like, you know, her head's on straight. She has goals. She's focused. She's beautiful. She's like every man's dream. And up until the point of her meeting Dallas, she was exactly that. Nothing about her had changed. Now, I'm going to take you into the second um part of her of the first chapter to give you a little bit more details i remember our first date like it was yesterday i laid out three dresses on my bed trying to figure out which one would compliment me most i was so nervous but excited at the same time i had finally finally given in and agreed to a date with dallas since that day at the mall we talked on the phone all hours of the night and he sent me messages throughout the day i was getting weekly bouquets of roses into my apartment and it was all overwhelming my mom was dead set on me and whoever this man was that had me smiling from ear to ear and engrossed in my phone. See, my mom has my life planned out for me. She wants me to date a lawyer or a law student like me. She has the ideas for our wedding already mapped out. Needless to say, that woman is crazy. I knew Dallas wasn't the type of man my mom would want me to be with, but shit, nobody was perfect. He was winning me over and I'm sure he knew it. I decided on a sexy red bodycon dress and knee boots. I straightened my hair and put on a red lip. When I pulled up to the address he sent me, I was shocked. We were downtown by the water, and there was this guy standing next to a harbor cruise holding a sign with my name on it. I was nervous as hell at this point, but I pushed myself onto the boat. When I got to the top of the ramp, Music Soul Child's Love was playing in the background, and a beautiful dinner for two was set up near one of the big windows. Dallas was standing there in all his sexiness, smiling with a glass of whatever he was sipping on. I slowly approached him, and when I got close enough, I could smell his cologne, and it was intoxicating. This man was going to be trouble, and I wanted all of it. The night was everything I dreamed it to be. He was the perfect gentleman. We talked about so much that I thought I knew him better. I felt like we were opposites in so many ways, but we we somehow complimented each other just right. I wasn't ready to end this night, but I'd be damned if I was going to be so bold and say so. But luckily, I didn't have to. Dallas asked me to join him back at his place, and I went with no objection. We spent the night fucking and loving to the point that I knew there was no way I could ever get this man up. He was too perfect. There had to be a flaw. Like, I'm sure it was coming sooner or later. So that was a recap of their first date, mind you. She didn't want anything to do with this guy at first, but he roped her in. His charm was there, you know. His he, he had the looks, he had everything, and they went on that date, and it was just like like love at first sight, love at first date. From there, um, so here we go back to her chapter. Anyway, back to right now. I had already missed class, so I decided to drive in town to see my mom. I stayed closer to my school because it was easier for me to get to class on time and work little, side job, work little side jobs on campus. Law school was no joke. I spent majority of my time reading, highlighting, researching, and making guides. I had been off track, lady, but I was determined to finish and get back and take the bar. Pulling up to my mom's house, I had to say a, qu- a prayer that we wouldn't get into it today. See, she had this boyfriend, and my sisters and I couldn't stand him. He was rude, standoffish, and I always got this shady vibe from him. My mom never acknowledges his behavior, behavior, which is why my sisters and I don't come over much. Instead of using my key, I just knocked. I could smell the bacon, and my stomach was immediately grumbling. When the door opened, the smile on my face disappeared and mirrored the same mug as one worn by my stepfather, Money. Money was a hustler back in the day who was supposedly got on the legit train and had a couple businesses throughout the city and the county. I think the real reason he didn't like me and my sisters was because we could see right through that wannabe straight and narrow bullshit. See, my mother worshiped the girl he walked on, and it was her suggestion that we call him our stepfather. Ugh. I scoffed as the thought left my head and called out for my mother. Ma, mommy, kitty face. My mother turned from the stove. Jasper, why are you yelling at my home so early? Was she serious? I thought. Girls, 12 o'clock. Everyone should be up and at him. Sitting at the table, I got this feeling in my stomach that something just wasn't right. She barely looked me in the eye. They say a woman's intuition is true, and mine might have might as well have been a sixth sense. Sorry, guys. Looking at my mother, I noticed what I missed when I first looked at her. My mother sported a big, fat diamond on her left hand, which could only mean an engagement ring. Ma, what the fuck? You getting married? When did this happen? I was so pissed off at this point. Bert, calm down and watch your damn mouth. Money proposed to me yesterday. I was going to call you and your sister today, but I just didn't get around to it yet. Standing up with tears in my eyes, I looked over at my mother and shook my head. I guess fuck what we think, huh? I stormed out of the house, slamming the door behind me. See, he could fool her, but I could see right through his fake ass. This was exactly why I should have stayed in bed. I sent my sisters a group text telling them to call me ASAP. I then sent a text to Dallas. I hadn't heard from him yet today, and that was becoming more common with us. It was like the honeymoon phase was over in our relationship, and we hardly ever spent time together. The last argument we had probably had something to do with it. So that wraps up. The first chapter of the book and Berkeley, So you can see, obviously, she's spoiled a little. She's entitled. She's definitely emotional. I mean, she wears her heart on her sleeve. And the fact that her mother is engaged to the guy that she despises, it's just like a stab to the heart for her. She's not necessarily thinking about the fact that he makes her happy, but he just, she just feels in her gut that something just isn't right with him. And you know what they say, your intuition, you better stick with it because it'll never steer you wrong. P.S. except for the times that it does. (laughs) Um, This next chapter is coming from Kalino, a.k.a. Callie Taylor. So Callie is um, the best friend of Dallas and they are like ride or die, you know. So you'll meet um, Dallas and Black in a few chapters, but they are all best friends. Black and Dallas are cousins, so, you know, they have a a pretty strong bond. But um, here we go into Callie's chapter and let me just tell you Kelly is a firecracker okay so when you think about the craziest type of dude you know say anything out of his mouth real straightforward know what he wants looks good this is exactly him (laughs) like there is no shame in his game he knows exactly who he is and he isn't afraid to let you know so here we go the only way to get information straight from the source was to be in the place where the source was at least that's what I was telling myself as I sat in the dark corner of the strip club I frequented I also own a club but only a few select people knew that Everybody knows I love a stripper bitch, and that... Let me start over. Everybody knows I love a stripper bitch that knows how to work a pole, and them chicks love me. Let me introduce myself. I'm Callie, and I run the operations of the Be More Desert Cartel. I work alongside my best friend and right-hand man Dallas, a.k.a. Colorado. I'm 6'2", with smooth butter pecan skin. I had royalty tattoo over my right eyebrow when I was 18, and I've been living like a king ever since. Thanks to braces in my youth, a nigga had a panty-dropping smile that the ladies couldn't resist. I wore my long silky black hair and two french braids or what the ladies like to call a man bun and they went crazy over it i was a mix nigga and these chicks love asking "Callie, what you mixed with what you mixed with my mom is from the middle east and my pop is just straight up black i'm a slim nigga but my dick ain't and that's why these hoes continue to come back see i was a total opposite of dallas where he was low-key i was flashy and i let these hoes know i had bread sipping from my glass of Doucet, the stage lights went down and i knew it was about to be another show to remember these bitches never dis- disappoint here the DJ started playing "Drop Top in the Rain" by Ty Dolla Sign, and my eyes damn near popped out of my head. I didn't know if it was me or the drink, but she was sexy as fuck. She was tall, but I could tell it was because of the seven-inch clear heels she wore. Ruby red is what he called her, and it fit her well with the long ruby weave that hung down to her ass. Shorty was a stallion, and it had me wondering if that was all her. She wore a see-through red top with a diamond choker and diamond-studded and a diamond-studded thong. Shorty was dripping in diamonds, and I could tell she wasn't like the regular chicks I was seeing here. She moved seductively around the stage, and when we made eye contact, I knew shit was about to get real. Ruby came to the center pole, climbing climbing it to the point where I had to look up to see what she was doing. When the song said, I just wanna see you on a bed, legs spread, shorty slid from the ceiling down to the floor into a split and twerk like her life depended on it. I called to my bottle girl to let her know I needed Miss Ruby Red in my private section as soon as she finished her set. I couldn't risk another nigga putting their hands all over my phone for the night. The section I was sitting in was five grand a night, so I knew it would have her foaming at the mouth whenever she came over. See, hoes just needed to know you had bread, and then they were down to do some freaky shit. They messed up most of the time because they assumed they would get some of the bread. I ain't Captain save a hog, Go get a job, bitch. My purpose for being here tonight was to drop a little hush money to a little dummy I was smashing. See, she might have overheard me talking to Colorado on a business call, and I needed to shut this bitch up. She claimed she also had some information that I definitely wanted to hear, and I hope she proved useful. It wouldn't be beneath me to choke a hole out and throw her out for trash. Hoes didn't know how to keep their mouth shut unless it was full of dick. Lavender walked her thirsty ass over to the section I was in, and my dick didn't even jump. I needed to hear what she had to say and get her out of my face before Lord Ruby came over. I allowed her to speak, threw her some bread, and told her that if anybody came around asking questions, she knew the code. She knew to follow the code. I mean, these bitches just know. I know she saw that stop snitching video back in the day. <laughs> Dallas would kill me if he knew she overheard anything. I really couldn't be sure what she actually heard, and I just and I just didn't want to come out asking the bird what she knew. I shoot her ass away and she ran off happy. I was thankful because Ruby just came out from the back area. I was sick of lavender's ass, but she came through with some info about the fast snoopers so she could stick around a little longer. Just as I started to get annoyed again, in walks what I knew was about to be my future wifey into my section. I didn't even have the pussy yet, and I was already sprung. She wore this annoyed look on her face, probably annoyed about being summoned to my section and denied not her other customers. So, um, yeah, I don't just fuck in the private rooms and stuff like that, if that's why you called me over here. She spoke with so much venom. I should be out there getting tips, but here, I'm in, but here I am because you told everyone to stay away from me. What the fuck? Ruby Red fuss. Look, calm down, shorty. I just wanted to get you to myself. You bad as shit. You have, you have, we have important shit to discuss. Sorry, guys. You want a drink, I asked. Uh, yeah, but why am I here? If you don't want to dance, I'm not understanding. Oh my god, are you the owner? Am I getting fired for that bullshit fight between me and Lavender? She fussed She was rambling and it amused me more than anything. My dick bricked up just looking at it. I mean really looking at it. She was a dime. Look, she was talking shit which I can deal with, but when someone puts their hand on me I have to ask. I have to ask. So if you want me to clear my locker out, cool, she said. Calm down, Ma, you're not fired. I really wanted to see about you. How much are you losing from the night? I wanna take you somewhere, I said. What makes you think you can afford what I bring in? What makes you think I would leave with you? She said. I stood up and threw my Moncler bomber on and reached out for her hand. She was dressed in a pink sweatsuit and some Uggs and a Gucci tote and it hung off her shoulder. So I'm assuming she was already ready to go. I guess it makes sense that she came prepared to get fired. She grabbed my hand and gave me one of the sexiest grins. Boy, I don't even know your damn name. She said with one of them sneaky grins. Man. And it's Callie. I ain't no boy. Now let's go. We walked out of the club and I peeped Lavender looking like she would kill us both on sight the next time she saw us. Today I was driving my big body Benz so I opened the door for Ruby and slid in. My phone started blowing up and I knew it was probably Lavender. Looking at the screen I saw two missed calls from Black and multiple texts from Lavender. I would hear him back. Yeah, do not disturb us to move for the night. So, as you can see, Callie is wild and reckless. He is a man that knows who he is and he could give a damn about what anybody thinks about him. He has always been that way. He grew up. He had a rough life. So, for him, he always had to look out for him. And I think that's what, that's what makes him like the perfect protege, the perfect sidekick, the perfect best friend for Dallas Black in the operation. You know, he's always going to be true to himself. They're not worried about him flipping or, you know, being dirty or nothing like that because he's just a solid ass dude. Next chapter, Dallas. I woke up at the crack of dawn still tired, but nothing came before me getting this bread. Well, nothing besides birth. Man, I love that girl and I love myself. We had been rocking for a minute now, and she was nothing like the sweet little stuck-up chick I first met. When I first met her, all I saw was a fat ass, a nice smile, and I knew I was going to be sliding up in it, and that would be it, and that would be the end of us. Little did I know, she would have me stuck on that pussy, claiming it and letting everybody know not to fuck what belongs to me. I had never been the type to settle down, but it was just something about her go-hard attitude that had me um, ready to fall for. She wasn't chasing me for a come-up like the rest of these buckets and truly wanted to get to know the real me. Her wanting to get to know the real me was how we got to the point where we are now. She called us out taking a break from us because she claimed I don't know how to open up and love her right. But damn, like how much love does she need? I'm not the type of nigga that's gonna stay home and be up under her all day and she should know that by now. I had moves to make it sitting on my ass wasn't going to get me that money. She wanted a break so she could run around with her messy ass sister, sisters Bailey and Brielle and her best friend Gabby. Every time we had a problem, one of them felt the need to step to me about how I should treat my woman, and I straight dismissed that shit. I hated when she talked to them about our problems. Stretching from the bed, I looked over to my phone to see I had hella missed calls and texts. This was my work line, and niggas knew to only hit me up if it was urgent, so something must have gone down. Running running my hands down my face, I pressed the call button on my right-hand man, Callie's number, knowing it was about to be some shit. A nigga can't even handle his hygiene without bullshit first thing in the morning. The line kept ringing, which was definitely strange, so I hopped up, hopped my ass up, and took a quick shower. Quickly getting dressed, I found a simple Gucci track suit and my new red Jordan 11s. Grabbing my keys, wallet, and phone, I headed out to my Mac Black Audi truck to see what a nigga was about to die today. I only drove that truck when somebody was about to die. I know you're probably thinking, here we go. Typical drug dealer with flashy clothes, a bad bitch, and hood status you will read about in one of those books my girls always read. I like to stay fresh, but I'm not flashy. Niggas don't need to know your business, so how you moving? Did I sell drugs? Well, that depends on who you ask. All these hood bitches like to call me the kingpin of the be more desert cartel, but a smart nigga never truly amiss to anything. That small-time hustling? Been there, done that. I had a cartel with young street cats who was who would do anything to get that paper. I ran my shit with an iron fist, which is why I live in the lap of luxury versus under the floor in some cold-ass federal penitentiary. Burke knew I was a hustler, how in her mind, I was probably slinging bricks, hand dad, but she never saw the inside of my operation. She has never been exposed to Colorado. Colorado was like my alter ego. That's the nigga I must be when I need to accept a shipment, kill an enemy, or run my operation. My baby wasn't ready to see the ruthless side of me. I was on my legit shit too, but I didn't bring in as much dough as the dirty um, drug world could. I never really got into too much detail with her about everything because I just wanted to keep her as clean as possible. Plus, she threw me off a little bit when she told me she wanted to be the boys. I wanted to cut off her ass off, but, that, but I couldn't no matter how hard I tried. I hopped in my truck and blazed the whole way to one of my main drop spots out at Wins So I hope that you enjoyed this sneak pre- preview of my book, When a Good Girl Goes Bad, Berkeley's Tale. It is available on my website at org. That's www.j-a-m-i-p-w-r-i-t-e-s.org. Um, It is also available on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're like me and you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, you can definitely check it out there. I encourage you to read it all the way through. Um, Learn a little bit about the characters and leave a review good, bad, no matter what. Criticism helps us grow. I'll be doing more readings. I have um, a couple books that I have coming out. So I have a mini stories catalog that's coming out in um, March of this year, 2019. And I'm excited about that. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that... um, the mini category is going to be a makeup of my choice of the, the stories that I have written so far. So I like to do little mini reads on my Instagram. And the ones that have gotten a lot of good traction, a lot of good feedback, I have put them into the book. So it's still a work in progress. I had lost my mojo for a little bit. I couldn't find my creative way. And, you know, I kind of got distracted. I kept doubting myself and saying, is this for me? Am I a good writer? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? But after I prayed about it and, you know, woke up after one day i felt like this is me i've always been a writer it's my passion it's what i want to do so i said okay let me go ahead and do it so um like i said when a good girl goes bad berkeley's tale available on my website org, and also available on kindle unlimited through amazon thank you for tuning in i hope that you enjoyed the sneak peek i'm sorry for any errors. um You know, when you're reading live and I read really fast, (laughs) which is something I've been trying to work on for a long time. But when you're reading live, it's like, eh, you know, you, you want to just keep going. And I, the old me was a perfectionist and I would stop the whole recording and start again. Like I would just be so obsessed with making sure that it was it was as smooth as possible. And I refuse to um, put out anything with errors. But that's real. That's raw. You know, it's live. So you'll get a good feel. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I'll see you on the next episode here at Jamie P. Wright's Podcast.